Everybody will be dancing and we're doing it right. <clears throat> da 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 da. The smell of your skin lingers on me now. You're probably on your flight back to your hometown. I need some shelter of my own protection, baby. To be with myself and center, clarity, peace, serenity. I hope you know, I hope you know, that this has nothing to do with you. It's personal, myself and I. We've got some straightening out to do, and I'm going to miss you like a child misses their blanket, but I've got to get a move on with my life. It's time to be a big girl now, and big girls don't cry. Why Hi, you... everyone. Welcome to the Podwood Forecast. Why did you do that? <laughs> Why? Why not? <laughs> was, that... <laughs> was that making my way downtown? No, Big Girls Don't Cry by Fergie. Oh, okay. Fergalicious. I don't know. I was thinking of the making my way downtown. No. I hope you know. I hope you know. That's the same song. nothing to do with you. That was so good. It's time to be a big Stop. girl now. No more. And big girls don't cry. You don't remember that one? I do. Oh, okay. I just don't like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never said anything about liking it. But no, I just right. decided to open up the show with that. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm Clifford, everyone. And I'm Mitchell. That's Mitchell. And uh, welcome to this special episode of the Podwood Forecast. Uh, Mitchell now has a very comfy chair to sit in this time. Yeah, I don't have scoliosis while recording now. It's right, awesome. Yeah. In the, it hasn't been released yet at this point, but the last episode of the Lord of the Rings, we kind of finish up talking about Lord of the Rings, and then like I, I put a clip of the Lord of the Rings like near the end, yeah, and it fades out, and then you just come back in with, my butt hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Was that the? Your chair is very squeaky, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> be I'll careful. Stop, I'll stop squeaking. But, Sorry, um, I got to put some oil on it. Was it that chair? I'm no, you were sitting on the beanbag chair. Oh, the beanbag. Oh, that gosh. is now that now has a hole in it, and so I had to throw it out. Oh, sad. Yeah, I wore it out. Yeah, no, I mean I did too. That's what that was my gaming chair. Yeah. So now I got to get a new gaming chair. But you got this new comfy chair that used it's to be my actually, sister's. It is really comfortable, and it leans back really far. Yeah. So. so. Now I'm not the only one sitting comfortably. Yeah. So so this episode is special for two reasons. For so 20 reasons. 20. <laughs> yeah. For 13 reasons. And why? <laughs> why? <laughs> now we're going to be talking about our favorite movies. But first, uh, I don't think you remember this, but this is a special episode where I present. Oh, yeah. The, the $10 that we have made. Over, it's been like almost a year that we've been doing this. Something like that, I yeah. Think, the Podwood Forecast. We made uh, just over $10 in ad revenue. We're still continuing to make more, but I cashed out $10 because we were going to make a big special. I think we said this in like our video game episode yeah. that we were going to have a whole big deal of me having a whole ceremony and presenting 
five dollars to each of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five dollars. The whole five dollars we've made over this podcast over uh, ad revenue. Breaking our backs for ten McDoubles. Yeah. Seriously, guys. Continue listening. Wait, stop! Don't reach yet. I, this is <laughs> we I'm have so to savor excited. this moment. <laughs> I've worked He's so like hard. Reaching like give me. I quit right. my job for this podcast. This is my first paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> We're just eating ra- ramen noodles. Literally eating rocks to survive. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's sustenance. Yeah. So, well, Mitchell, I just want to say that I would not want to do this podcast. With anyone else, Yay. this has been a lot of fun. A lot of good memories of our friendship recorded in episode format. Indeed. And uh, you you deserve this $5 Yay. here. Yay. I'll put some Abraham dramatic music. <laughs> He's so honest. And I got one, too. I love I got, it. I got $5 here. What if I just ripped it? I'm... <laughs> <laughs> cry now now you have two dollars and fifty cents i would cry on live here on on recording but um i'm proud to yeah. have been part of this moment it's priceless <laughs> it's priceless and ten dollars ten dollars yeah so do you have anyone to thank I'd like to thank my mom for being the only one who listens to us. Thank you, mom. (laughs) Oh, so she listened to our Avatar episode for like 400 times. She said she listens to it all. And I'm like, do you even know what we're talking about? And she's like, no, not really. (laughs) But it's sweet. I mean. But we make it interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to thank. uh, I want to thank my girlfriend, Lisa, for listening to our podcast she's the other one who listens oh yeah as well <laughs> true but seriously to i mean we know that there's a few of uh, you out there and we appreciate you uh thank you for supporting us yes and uh you can help us out more by sharing with your friends and don't forget to leave a rating and review that actually does really help us out on on apple podcasts uh so yeah sick Cool. All right. Anyways, we're quitting the podcast. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. No. We got our money and we're done. It was all about the. <laughs> it was all about the paycheck. That was our ultimate goal: was to get ten dollars. Yeah. That's that's all we need. We freaking made it. Yes, we did. We this this was it. Yeah. We made it. This was our peak. Okay. Now it's so. time. It's time for another. Top 10 episode. We really love our lists. We really do. Our Who top do- 10 lists. It is a thing, though. People just love making lists for things now. Like I've noticed that like in the past few years, like with social media and everything, every there's all there's this phenomenon that happens every year where people have to share their top favorite something. Yeah. Usually it, albums it, or mm-hmm movies it's it's started with i don't know if it's start i mean obviously it goes prior to that but at least in terms of the internet and like why we do it probably is because of youtube stuff you Mm -hmm. know like top to like you know watch mojo stuff when (laughs) you know like top 10 albums of all time it's interesting to see like 
what someone considers their favorite album. Which I will admit, there was a phase in my life where I was binging those when they were first. Yeah, I was. Everyone. I'm ashamed to say I did too, and everyone did. And if you have, and if you say you didn't, you're lying. (laughs) But yeah, everyone kind of just is curious. It's more interesting for individuals rather than like a Watch Mojo site where it's like a. We, yeah, like a group of people. Watch Mojo. It's a company. Yeah, you know? no one cares like, what's what the best movie thinks. of all time? The Godfather. Statistically, it's like stuff like that's boring. But I just like yeah. personal lists. Like, what's my favorite? Not what's the best, but favorite. I let, yeah. um, and I find that interesting because it's like a little insight. It's a it's a little window into someone's soul because you can learn a little bit about someone based off what they like. I feel yeah, learn about their music and their movie tastes it says a little bit about them, and you feel like you're kind of getting to know someone a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's easy to connect with people if you like similar things. So it's kind of fun when you watch something, especially yeah. if they mention a movie that isn't regularly. Uh, referenced as one someone's favorite like movie and you're like oh whoa they like that i like yeah. that it's so people are always trading lists and stuff because it's fun to see how your opinion aligns with others mm-hmm. uh and it's just fun to i personally just kind of enjoy cataloging things it's i have an fun, i have yeah. an app to catalog all my stupid video games i own i have a bunch of ps2 games and i catalog and it prices them and tells me <laughs> like how much they're worth and <laughs> i have my letterboxed with my lists for each year and mm-hmm. i was using music board but i stopped because it was really glitchy and laggy but you can you could make lists I, of I your album to there every once in a while when there yeah. is like an album that i actually do want to share my opinion yeah of but yeah, but yeah, even that has a list feature. It's and you know YouTubers at the end of the year, especially you know like music reviewers or movie reviewers at the end of the year, there's always a top blank of the year. It's like the grand finale for the year is what was the because let's relive the, this year real quick. Like what? Yeah, and it's kind of fun to do because sometimes you forget things that came out at the beginning of the year yeah it's like like, oh wait that was this year dang like wow that feels so long ago and you kind of just do a really quick mini time capsule of the year trying to think of like what was the big song that came out earlier this year hmm that everyone's kind of forgotten like oh i forgot about that drake song yeah that was a big thing like things that came out around in like february and march and stuff yeah almost forget about it yeah it's fun to recap and it is but uh we're not doing a yearly thing we are doing a top 10 uh favorite films of all time yes and if you listened to our last couple episodes you guys already know that me and mitchell's favorite film of all well films of all time is the lord of the rings yeah we kind of always count it as like one yeah we would just say lord of the rings trilogy is our favorite movie of all time yeah and that would be both of our number one so the rule for this episode we're excluding lord of the rings top 10 excluding lord of the rings yeah so (laughs) our real number ones are Lord of the Rings, just the trilogy. Yeah. But for our this number list, ones for this episode are actually our number twos. Technically, yeah. yeah. But just for this list, for the sake of variety, so you guys don't know what our favorite movies are or what our number one will be, we're excluding it. So it's our top ten favorite movies besides Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And we've got... It was interesting because I got to put like an extra little one in there that would technically be an 11. 
Oh yeah, that included all of my ones. But uh, yeah, and we've done top ten music albums, top ten video well, games. Well, that was top. Five. Or five, yeah. yeah. We did our top albums, and we've done our top video games. So what's left? But movies, we have, and we've yeah. probably mostly talked about movies. I feel like on the podcast, it's at been least a half. good mixture. At honestly, least ha- it's been a good. Mi- I would say movies and music are a majority. Yeah, um, we've had like a couple episodes about TV shows. Yeah, which I guess that would be our next thing. Yeah, like our top five TV shows. Or oh, whatever. that would be hard because I, I feel like I've. I think I could get a top five. I think I could. I just I feel like I haven't watched a ton of TV shows to I already know your top your number one. Yeah, but Robin Hood would not be my number one. Oh right. Um. Anyways, so the rule for this episode is that it's it's all going to be spoiler free discussions. Mm. We're just going to go through our top ten because you know. We want people to be able to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's you got spoilers for because uh, it's it. going to be a bunch of <laughs> random movies, you know. Yeah. It's like, and it's twenty. It's going to be twenty movies, just random at any time period. So yeah, and we don't want to ramble chance on about There's going to be at least a couple that people listening are like planning to watch. So yeah, we will not be spoiling. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh oh, I could. You could. I, I mean, if you don't, that's fine. I kind of just happened to have some. I'm just numbering mine really quick. Um, and do we we can do this? The I'll totally do some uh, honorable mentions because I kicked some out and I was sad. Yeah. <laughs> Same. It's like because I just have a, I have a lot of movies. Like if you go on my letterbox, I have a lot of tens, and I stopped doing number ratings recently. But I have a lot of yeah. tens on there because there's just a lot of movies I connect with a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily get too picky about like, oh, the camera angle wasn't that great there, so it's a nine out of ten. Like if I just love it on an emotional level, personal level, I'll just give it a ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I have uh, a feeling. See. I'm pretty sure I know most, of, like your top three at least. I'm pretty you sure. You probably aren't going to be too surprised by a lot of mine. I'll go ahead and do some honorable mentions real quick. All right. Honorable mentions would include Mad Max Fury Road, hmm. uh, Nightcrawler, Scott oh. Pilgrim versus the World, and Goodfellas, Alien, hmm. Fargo. All right, and my last honorable mention is going to be There Will Be Blood. Okay, interesting. There there are some that you just mentioned that I would have expected to be in your top ten. Yeah, those are all ten out of ten movies to me, yeah. but they they just those were the ones um, when I made my big pile of movies and I was like, which one is going to be my top ten? All of those yeah. were considered for the list. All so. right. Yeah, these honorable mentions are basically all... Basically, just the other top tens that didn't make it in the list. Yeah. All the movies that I'm going to mention tonight are all the top tens that I have ever currently. Okay. Because I, me personally, I don't just hand out tens. Yeah. I'm just, I think I have really hard to please sometimes. I think I have 40 in total. There's 40 movies I've It takes a lot for a movie to be a 10. Yeah. But a four and a half, I mean, I'm doing letterboxed rating again, but a nine is still a great movie. Yeah. You know, it just didn't really. It just sucks. (laughs) It's just bad and I don't ever want to watch it again. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, my honorable mentions uh, would be Uncut Gems, 
a great film by the Safdie brothers with Adam Sandler. Inglorious Bastards, which I would oh, say... That, I would say that should be an honorable mention for me, too. Uh, well, too late. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's my favorite Tarantino film. Yeah. And then Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg. Nice. Directed. And uh, this one's kind of an odd one, but It's a Wonderful Life. That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I love movie. that movie. I've loved it ever I since I was a kid. I think this sounds corny, but it's bigger than Christmas. Like, I feel like... It's technically not... It wasn't even supposed to be a Christmas yeah, it movie. Takes it just kind of became one. Yeah. Because 90% like, of the movie isn't even about Christmas. Yeah, exactly. But I love it. Really good movie. Yeah. And then my last honorable mention, which I, I remember when I first saw this movie, I wasn't sure if I liked it or not, but I've the more I've watched it and the more... I've thought about it. I really love it. Under the Silver Lake. Oh, nice. Film with wow. Andrew Garfield. Honorable mention this yeah. high. Wow. Yeah. I really That's an love amazing that movie. movie. I love it. Yeah. It's want... great. Go. I think uh, I think that was a recommendation that I gave on an episode because I had been watching it and thinking about it recently. I can't so. remember if you watched that because of me or vice versa. No, I, I had heard about it. Yeah. So I just can't remember. If it was I... free on Amazon Prime one day. Did I watch it first and then... Because I knew you knew about it, but I can't remember if I watched it first and then texted you about it or if you... probably did. Or if you texted me about it and then I was like... I can't remember. I I can't remember I feel like one of us told each other that we watched it, though. I just remember mostly hearing about it from Your Movie Sucks. Yeah. um, Because he loved it so much. It's a guy that we watch on YouTube. Check him out. Your Movie Sucks. Um, Please uh, give us money for endorsing you. Yes, please, Adam... (laughs) Please be on our podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, so right. yeah, that's my honorable mentions. So from here on out, do so we'll just do it like the classic way. Yeah, where 10, like 10, we, 9, 9, 8, 10, 8. Yeah, okay. Just cycle so, back and forth. All right, here we go. I am excited. Who, uh, who are we going to, who's going to start it off? You, you start. Okay. I, I feel like I started last time. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But. All right. Well, my number 10 uh, was also kind of a surprise for me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I surprised myself. It's because Under the Silver Lake almost made it yeah. in here. And this kind of is the same same kind of effect that it had on me in terms of like likability over time. Right. And and it's just kind of an odd thing because it's 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 by some directors that that are well known and I don't think people would say that this is their best film, but it's mine. Yeah. So my number 10 is the Coen brothers film, a serious man. Oh, nice. Please. I need help. I, I've, I've already talked to the other rabbis, please. It's not about Danny's bar mitzvah. My boy, Danny, this coming Shabbos, very joyous event. That's all fine. It's, it's more about myself. I've, I've had quite a bit of service lately, marital problems, professional, you name it. This is not a frivolous request. This is a ser. I'm a ser. I'm uh. I've tried to be a serious man, you know. Tried to do right, be a member of the community, raise the. Danny, Sarah, they both go to school, Hebrew school, a good breakfast. Well, Danny goes to Hebrew school. Sarah doesn't have time. She mostly washes her hair. Apparently, there are several steps involved, but you don't have to tell Marshak that. Just tell him I need help, please. I need help. I think that's a valid pick for a favorite Coen brother because it's one of their more unique ones, in my opinion. It is, and and because of that, not many people like it because it's so different. I also just love the ending. 
the ending is <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. That's all I'm saying. I just love the ending. The ending really brings it home. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just such a interesting film that caught me off guard at first. Yeah. And I think that's why like and there's so many people that are like, What, you're gonna put that over like Big Lebowski and uh <laughs> Oh Brother, where art thou? There's or? definitely people that don't really like a serious man. I even have some friends that are into it, but then a couple other people, it's like one of their favorites. So it, it seems very mixed among Cohen Brother. I mean, it's fanatics. understandable because you know, not everyone's gonna get it because it's it's very unorthodox in terms of like how a film yeah. uh, plays out. And it's like know. a such a, it's like the driest comedy ever. Yeah, but it's definitely, definitely up my alley. Yeah, I love it. In the way it. that it's filmed. It's one of my favorite Coen Brothers, and too. It's, uh, the performance is, uh, the porf- performances of the, the, of the film, the porpoise, <laughs> the performances of the film are also just great. I'm trying to remember the name of the main actor, but it's just, it's a great movie. That's about like, I guess finding purpose for things and like why bad things happen. And it has some like very unorthodox answers Mm -hmm. to all of that. And plus it's all just like really funny. And yeah, it's also a very, (laughs) it's one of the most Jewish movies I've ever seen, (laughs) but I love it. It really is. It's, it's done so well. And, I think about it a lot, honestly. Yeah. And it's it's one of those films that just like really stuck in my brain and just kind of festered and grew in there. And Cause like, I remember when you watched it for the first time and you were like, dude, I think this is my favorite Coen Brothers. And you ta- you mentioned it a lot. And then I finally watched it. and I We watched it. it together. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. So, yeah. yeah. I, I also, I'm, I, I was just going to say I love the beginning of it. <laughs> But um, that's all I'm going to really say. Mm-hmm. But yeah, A Serious Man by the Coen Brothers. I recommend you guys go check it out. It won't be for everyone, but uh, I personally love it. It's got some great cinematography and great framing, uh, great uh, editing and, and yeah, it's lighting. Got Deacons doing the cinematography i think which he I roger mean, deakins i think so yeah oh wow i'm okay. pretty sure he does that and he's i mean he's like the obvious typical popular cinematographer but i mean he's great obviously so that is i'm pretty sure he does that i'll, I'll fact check that and i'll put whether it's right or wrong right here yes my homeboy mitchell is correct Roger Deakins was the cinematographer for A Serious Man. Because Roger Deakins is mostly known for his like really fancy work, but yeah, I like it's when much does... more toned back and simple yeah. for this, but it still works. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm pretty sure he did Fargo as well in that movie. I still is... haven't seen Fargo. Dude, you would like you would like Fargo. I'm sure I would. I just yeah. haven't had the chance. That's my it. personal favorite. Yeah. Um A Serious Man would probably be like up there. Yeah. So Yeah. So Serious Man is my number 10. Nice. The rabbi is busy. He didn't look busy. He's thinking. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? Wouldn't you love somebody to love? You
So my number 10 is Children of Men. The world was stunned today by the death of Diego Ricardo, the youngest person on the planet. Baby Diego was stabbed outside a bar in Buenos Aires after refusing to sign an autograph. Witnesses at the scene say that Diego spat in the face of a fan who asked for an autograph. He was killed in the ensuing brawl. The fan was later beaten to death by the angry crowd. Born in 2009, the son of Marcelo and Silvio Ricardo, a working-class couple from Mendoza, he struggled all his life with the celebrity status thrust upon him as the world's youngest person. Diego Ricardo, the youngest person on the planet, was 18 years, 4 months, 20 days, 16 hours, and 8 minutes old. That rhymes. <laughs> so, Children of Men is a movie. Like, it's at my number ten, but I don't think it would ever leave my ten list. You know, mm-hmm. um, I I only put it at number ten because I feel like of my list, it's probably the one I rewatch the least. But I still love it. Uh, I remember the first time. I watched that movie and it was the first time I really, really thought about the technical aspects of filming a movie, like actually with a camera, like what, mm-hmm. yeah, like the talent of a cinematographer, you know, and choreography and timing things. It was the first time where something was happening on screen and I was like, how are they, how many tries did this take? Like, yeah. and I was just thinking about it, but it wasn't distracting me because what's happening in the movie is so crazy and intense. And I'm sure I had moments like that before that movie, but I feel like that movie really sparked in me wanting to pay attention to things like that. And yeah. then I start, cause I remember I went back and watched Goodfellas and for some reason I noticed the big long take scene more after that. And I just started mm. paying attention more to like filmmaking. I feel like because of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so I just appreciate it. I love all of the actors and the performances in it. It's got a lot of really powerful moments. Uh, and, it's not just one big long take. Like there's a few like long take moments in this movie. Yeah, it's and not like tra- the whole film is like one. Yeah, no, long it's take. there's just like two or three scenes that are just impeccably choreographed, and yeah. uh, I love the pacing and the writing of the film, and it's just a really powerful theme. Just so many emotions in the end. Like obviously no spoilers, but. I always cry near the end. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it just really gets me. It's not the most complicated story or anything, uh, but it's really striking the way it's told. Mm-hmm. And it's from the opening, like the opening is so just grabs your attention and it holds you until the very, very end. And I love everything about it. It, yeah. As soon as I watched it, I knew it was one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and it's probably always going to be. Like I just, I always have fun rewatching it. So, yeah, Children of Men. Uh, I do like that film. I've only seen it once. Yeah, but I own it. I think because you gave me the copy that you didn't want on I th- DVD. I think so. Yeah, but, but I remember really enjoying it. I enjoy 
uh, watching Michael Caine play a really uh, hippie character <laughs> yeah. in a movie. He's really fun in that movie. Um, yeah. But yes, and especially just the director, um, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his last name right, but Alfonso Cuaron. Something like that. I know people are going to make fun of me. Good old Alfonso. But he, he's an amazing director. Uh, for those who don't know, he also did... Uh, this is probably not the best example, but it's the movie everyone knows. He did Gravity, um, mm. which is probably his lesser movie. He did Roma, uh, E2 Mama Tambien. Uh, he did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which, oh. is, which is the best Harry Potter movie. Uh, no, and E.T. Mama Tambien is... It's, it's up there. Okay. It, it, it goes Prisoner of That's Azkaban. That's the one and, with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. <laughs> but he... Yeah, E.T. Mama Tambien is amazing and he did like... He did a lot of really good movies. He's a great director. Um, and yeah. So... Yeah, good stuff. Children, Children of Men. It's good. Mm-hmm. I love it. So my number nine is a little film called Manchester by the Sea. Oh. Hello, this is Lee. What happened to my brother? I'm really sorry you couldn't get here in time. I got to get up there before school lets out. So that's Lee Chandler. The Lee Chandler, huh? It was my impression that you'd spent a lot of time here over the years. Your brother has provided for Patrick's upkeep. I don't understand. Well, I can't be his guardian. I, I assumed Joe had discussed all this with you. He didn't. We've wanted to be. Do you want me to call your friends? I don't know. What do you want me to do? Trusty and true. He can stay with us at weekends. Do you want to be his guardian? Well, he doesn't we want to already, be my guardian. For Christ's sake, he's got We're trying to lose some kids, kids at this point. House? Oh, we. Where are we going, to the orphanage? Get in the car. Can't obey your orders until you unlock the door. Shut up. And we can't if you can't take this on, that's your right. What is done, what is I've said a lot of terrible things to you. My heart was broken. And I know yours is broken, too. From One thing that can really push a film to be a number 10 for me is its emotional impact yeah and this film is definitely heavy with all of that yeah i cried a lot in the theater when i watched <laughs> that i'm pretty sure we saw that together yeah we saw it together yeah, when it i don't remember theaters. you crying though but you must have oh i was teared up <laughs> i totally was don't worry <laughs> i just i just i Not don't worry move. when i'm crying in public for a movie i'm just sit there like a statue and i just don't move <laughs> and I'll kind of slowly, because I don't want anyone to see, I'll like slowly put my hand up, you know? Yeah, like, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> but yeah, that movie got me really hard when I, when I watched it. Yeah, so Manchester by the Sea is... I'm realizing... I realized with a serious man, I didn't really talk about what it was about, but we're past that. But Manchester yeah. by the Sea is about a man whose brother 
dies. I think he was of a, a heart attack or something. Yeah. And this this brother has been living in a different town. And after his brother dies, he has to go back to his hometown and take care of things. And it turns out that he has to take care of his brother's son, yeah. of his nephew. And it's just a very touching film. It's uh, led by Casey Affleck, and he does a great job. Casey Affleck does really well when he's like placed in the right um, yeah, cause... role. Because it's not like that he's mm-hmm. like a very, you know outgoing actor or anything but mm. he's he's very more like chill and and it fits the character very well because yeah. he's very closed off with and he really nailed all like the really intense and emotional moments without being over the top i i honestly haven't seen that movie since we saw it in theaters but i still remember so much of it vividly because yeah. it just stuck with me like every time i think of that movie i i remember so much about it yeah, and I I've still thought about it, and I've only seen it once, and I want to rewatch it, but the only reason I haven't is because I don't want to be depressed. <laughs> yeah. Like it's literally the only reason it doesn't I haven't hit watched me it that hard. I think you get pretty uh, you get pretty emotionally invested <laughs> in the movies. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I mean, it does hit me emotionally, but it's not like yeah, especially subject matter like that and stuff that goes on is just like the particular things and stories that yeah. like usually get me pretty good for some reason. So it's like a, a nice uh, little ingredient to make Mitchell sad. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk about like death and all that. Yeah. All that sad stuff. So it's, um, is it Michelle Williams that's also in it? I think so. Yeah. And she does a great job in it as well. Mm. Great performances. And it's just a very, I also love the pacing of it. It's not the kind of movie that's, like is like you know scene after scene after scene you know holding your hand and making sure that you're entertained the whole time yeah. it's it's very slow and there's a lot, lot of dramatic music to make you sad right yeah <laughs> i actually really love the music for this movie it's very it it's is. very simple and it's very nice and calming mm-hmm. and i also love the atmosphere it's like in uh the, like the east coast area mm-hmm. and that's like one of my favorite locations for movies to be made in to be set in and uh yeah it's just a really it's a really emotional film and it's it's slow and it doesn't it, it takes its time and it's really uh really interesting characters yeah. in the film and yeah it's very very endearing and uh i recommend it if you like sad movies but also it, that have happy endings because yeah. it has a happy ending so Nice. I guess I spoiled that, but um, dang it! Sorry, <laughs> it has a happy ending. Uh. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll get on to your number nine after this commercial break. Wow! So hold on to your hats if you're wearing hats. I don't know. I guess I'm. I guess I just discriminated against people who can't wear hats for one reason or another. <laughs> yeah, people without heads <laughs> people <laughs> listening to a podcast. I lost my head in World War II. Oh my god. I don't know. Just a headless guy and his voice is just like coming <laughs> well, out. Well, not of even like... just like a whole head. I was picturing more like just the top of his head. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! So, but that would be his brain, so that doesn't awful. really make sense. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be sensitive, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in just a little bit. Yeah. Bye. Mm. 
I'm not gonna bother you. I'm gonna just sit here until you calm down. All right, I'm calming now. Can you, can you please just go away? No. I may be dim, but it's always dark before the glorious sunrise. My number nine. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Welcome Let's back. Let's go right into it. Welcome back to the Podwood Forecast. I'm Mitchell. And I'm Clifford. And I hope yep. you enjoyed our commercial. Yeah. I'm sure it's great. About Anchor, probably. <laughs> Anchor. I've, there is some. Ah! Mo- <laughs> Sorry. I almost dropped my phone. <laughs> oh, I you peaked. You need that. Also, don't forget to vote. Do it, cowards. I don't know when this episode is getting out. It'll probably be too late. It, hopefully before. <laughs> I mean, if I mean, if elections have passed, just go and vote anyway. Yeah. Vote for something. Just go like on Twitter and vote for... go Find a random Twitter poll and vote <laughs> on it. Don't even look at the answer. Just click on something. <laughs> Let your voice be heard. All right. Let your thumbs be on your screen. Yep. I don't know. I get so, what you're saying. You're number number nine. My number nine. Number nine. So we're Turn on my number. dead man. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god. That's the Beatles. So we are going back to our top ten movies of all time, and we're on my number nine. We just talked about Clifford's number nine. Number nine. Now we're on my number nine. Number nine. And the reason we're on my number nine is because Clifford just did his number nine, which means it's my turn for my number nine. <laughs> Thanks, Mitchell, for holding our hands through this whole. Podcast. You're welcome. So, anyways, if you don't understand what's going on in this podcast, then you won't like any of these. You better movies. know now. So, anyways, my number nine. Number nine. I'm trying to decide if you're gonna know if you're gonna expect this one to be in my list. We'll see. Um, you might. I think you will. My body is ready. My number nine is Kill Bill One and Two. Come on. Not too long ago, I was quite the professional. My friends and I, we were the creme de la creme in an exclusive industry, and we all worked for this man, Bill. Then one day, I decided to leave, settle down, and start a new life. But when I tried to get out, they did me in. Don't you ever wake up. I guess they should have tried a little harder. So I suppose it's a little late for an apology, huh? You suppose correctly. Now it's kill or be killed. You have every right to want to get even. Get even? Even, Stephen? I would have to kill you. That'd be about square. And I choose kill. Mommy, I'm home. Hey, baby. How was school? One tick to Tokyo, please. One more. That woman deserves her revenge. And we deserve to die. No kidding, I heard it was kind of hard. I'm considering them one movie okay. because they are one movie. Yeah, uh, those are those would be your favorite Tarantino films. My favorite right? Tarantino so movies. That, that's not too surprising. Yeah, because you know? I, I had been mentioning how I loved those a lot to you recently. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I had watched those when I was a teenager and I liked them, you know, but then I got really into Tarantino and watched all of his movies. And I was like, you know, I haven't watched kill bill in so long. And it was a mm-hmm. few months ago. It was like earlier this year. I can't remember when, but I was like, I want to rewatch it. And I, I just loved it. I loved it so much. Like <laughs> everything about it. 
And then I rewatched it again a week later, and I rewatched it like last week. Oh like, wow! There's, I've, so I've watched Kill Bill one and two like three times this year. Jeez. A couple times it was just like background more so while I was doing something, but they're just so fun, and yeah. I love the story. It's not super complicated, but there is still a lot going on to keep you interested constantly. Yeah, Uma Thurman, it's her best role ever. The music choices are, you know, it's a bunch of like, it's not like an original score. It's a bunch of, you know, music of from other things. Tarantino's playlist. Yeah, before they essentially. Were playlists. <laughs> but it's really well utilized. And yeah, yeah, just the whole cast is great. The guy who plays Bill is awesome. I, I think, I feel like I'm one of the few people that kind of likes two a little more than one. I think mm-hmm. Kill Bill 1 has better fights, but I love the story elements of two a lot more, and I think the ending is, like, awesome. We keep saying that for every one of these movies. The ending's awesome. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but, Spoilers. you know, without spoiling, <laughs> I just I like how two is so different from one, but it still feels like part of the same movie because yeah. it was filmed as one movie and he had to split it up because they didn't want to put <laughs> out like a four hour long movie. Right. But yeah, they're just super fun. It kind of got me into this kick of wanting to watch a samurai movie. It's not a samurai movie, but it has elements like where she goes, yeah. to, she goes to get the sword and she trains with her master and stuff. And it, it made me want to watch like, it's like a modern samurai kind of. Yeah. Like, Kung Fu, samurai elements. Kind of like how No Country for Old Men is a modern Western. Yeah, I mean, there's literally elements taken directly from, like, Kung Fu movies, you know, like even her outfit, you know, Jackie Chan. Mm -hmm. Um, And the first one has a lot of cool stuff, like the anime sequence in the first movie. The animated sequence is super cool. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just really creative. I feel like it's the movie he went out on the most in yeah. terms of production and creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so engaging, and I have so much fun watching it, and it's super overly violent, but not in a way that grosses me out or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a really great film, and just visually and aesthetically and mm-hmm. uh, production-wise, just everything about it blows me away. And Great story, and it's a great... It's a great revenge story. Yeah. Everyone loves a great revenge story. It's like story. the perfect revenge movie, and it reincorporates a lot of things, too, where it's yeah. like, oh, she learns this thing, and it comes into play later, and you're like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> go kill Bill, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> go kill him. <laughs> but kill that guy. It, Step on him. And it's a, such a satisfying like story, and I, I just... This is one of those movies that as soon as it starts, well, dude, you just, you just spoiled it that it's satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I'm dang. It ends well. Dang <laughs> it. I didn't know if it was going to end well or not. Honestly, with the kind of movies that we like, that sometimes is kind of yeah, a spoiler. Yeah, pretty much. But, but yeah, I, I I watched the Kill Bill movies for the first time within like the past year, actually. Oh, yeah. Because they were on Netflix, and I was like, I've, you know, because I, I was working on, you know, Watching all the Tarantino movies, and I had not seen Kill Bill yet, even though I'd watched, like, so many other Tarantino films. And uh, I wouldn't say that it's my favorite, but they were very... They're very enjoyable. Yeah. A lot of fun. Like, that's all you can really say Yeah, about it, honestly. I feel like it's his most uh, unique. Like, I feel like none of his other films are like it, even mm-hmm. though it still feels very much like his style yeah um he just 
I just love that he went all out and made like a live action anime movie essentially is like what it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just a tribute to class. It makes me want to watch more movies like that, that it was influenced by because it really is just like a love letter to that genre of movies without just being a rip off, you know? Um, and it got me to want to start watching, samurai films for some reason i was like oh you know i've been wanting to watch samurai films and uh stuff like that and then i started watching akira kurosawa movies and then he became my favorite director honestly so Mm. i found a lot more movies i love because of this movie too Uh, tarantino kind of tends to do that because he does a great job at like paying homage to or homage or (laughs) what however you say homage 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 whatever the correct way to say it is but he does that a lot with his yeah. films because Tarantino is a guy that just really loves films. I feel like yeah. the way that he makes films is kind of like my approach to like making music. Right. Because like there's music that I love and I like to like put into the music that yeah. I make. You know, and he kind of does the same thing with like pretty much everything he makes. And yeah, I think it's totally. Great. It's not copycatting. It's just, you know, getting great inspiration. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not ripping off. It's just. You know, you know where he's coming from, but he's making it his own thing. Yeah, that's why I like you know when I like his wet his more western style movies like made me want to go watch western movies. You know, yeah. like a lot of his films have that effect. So yeah, yeah. So Kill Bill, I I love them. Like a year ago, I wouldn't have thought they would be considered one of my favorite movies or anything. But yeah. every time I think of them, I just. I love everything about them and I, I can rewatch them constantly, which is rewatchability is a huge play into like my favorite movies. So yeah. 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 I hear you. Number. That was, that was your, number that was nine. my number nine. Yeah. You didn't think it was going to be that easy. Did you? For a second. There. Yeah. yeah, I kind of did. Silly rabbit. Our part's over. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this at the beginning, but I feel like that there's one movie that you're going to be surprised that didn't end up on my list. Uh, Because I was saying earlier... Going through this list, I was actually surprised as to how much change. Because I feel like like two years ago, I did have like my top ten films, or at least my top five, just like set in my mind, and I yeah. never thought that they were going to change. And I guess it's just because my my tastes have changed over. That's the how years. I felt. I had some that I thought would be higher up, and some that didn't make it at yeah. all. And I I got a new favorite movie just this year too. Like it's just been recent, like very recent developments. Yeah. Um, that's also because I've just been on a huge movie kick these past couple of years, and I've watched so many movies like from multiple uh, decades. Yeah. So it's just been I've been catching up on movies that I knew I would probably like, and I end up loving a lot of them. Yeah. And, so. Yeah. Same here. So I mean, there were some that have made it to my list that you know they've they have stood the test of time to me that I've you know I've known about for years. But um, okay, so my number eight in my list is a film from the eighties called Akira. 
okay. I was expecting that one, I think. Yeah? Yeah. It's, um, it's a great film. If, uh, for those of you that don't know, Akira is actually an anime film, because I'm such a weeb. Loser. <laughs> loser. Alert. You're a loser. <laughs> Feel bad. <laughs> you feeling sorry for yourself? <laughs> Baby, want a bottle? <laughs> I hate it. Anyways. Uh. So, Akira is a, yeah, it's an anime film by Katsuhiro Otomo. Good Otomo. job. Katsuhiro Otomo. And a, it's a... It's a futuristic film about with like that has like biker gangs and it's very like like very sci-fi kind yeah, of. It's got like cyberpunk elements, kind of. Yeah, and it's it's very it's very hard to explain because it gets really complex, surprisingly complex. I very, I remember I just thought the movie was going to be some action movie about a bike gang, and my it turns dear into, lord was I wrong? <laughs> like yeah. whoa. I, I, I love this movie, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't a spoiler because it's not on my list, but it's probably my second favorite like anime movie. Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. is my favorite. I do. That's love not Princess on my Mononoke. list, but yeah, Princess Mononoke and uh, Akira are like my two favorite like animated anime films. I would say the same, but yeah. Akira is definitely my favorite, and I guess according to this list, which will be a hint for what is to come, it is my second favorite animated film. Ooh. So, uh, but I love it so much. Honestly, this this is going to make me a fake fan, but <laughs> I have not watched the original dub. Or not dub, but I have not watched it in the original Japanese yet. Yeah. Which I intend to because I have my eye on to buy this uh, like special edition Blu-ray mm. that has all of them. I think I, people generally agree the dub is pretty decent, though. It's pretty decent. I've seen some people kind of complaining about it, make, like saying that it kind of makes it seem a little bit more cartoony than it actually is. Oh, right. And I could see that. I've just That's just the only version that I've known. Yeah, same. Uh, just little moments that I can think about. It's like, yeah, I can imagine that coming off as too cartoony. Yeah. But it's... You have the soundtrack on vinyl, don't you? Yes. Yeah. This is, so far, this is the only... I love this soundtrack so much. It and it's really the only good. soundtrack that I have so far that is on vinyl. That's how good it is. It's. I think I've talked about the soundtrack before mm-hmm. because I know the soundtrack for Uncut Gems really reminded me of it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very like synth wave mixed in with like Japanese world music. Yeah, and, it's super cool. And it's it's definitely. I think that's one of my ten out of ten movies for sure. Like I love it. I am. Uh, I am seeing your rating on Letterboxd right now, and it is a ten. Okay, so. that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. What did you say? <laughs> oh, Your no. review for Akira. I forget what it is. Was Shakira Shakira? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> oh my gosh! It's I like, don't wow. remember doing that. That's... Man, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you you wrote that like the same night that we watched it. What, what that... day? What's the date on that? Um. Uh... May 31st, 2019. Oh, my Lord. It was that long ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I need to watch it again. I didn't know I'd been that long. Yeah. I think I think that's the last time I watched it. I'm going I want to buy the Blu-ray and I want to watch the original the original version and see how I feel about it. But yeah. 
even then, this movie is definitely more about the spectacle. That, like, the story's great, and it's very complex. Yeah. But the, the spectacle of the film is definitely the, the strong point for... Like, it's it's animated very well. I love... I love the atmosphere of, mm. of it, like how, like, I think it's Tokyo. Yeah, to- it's Neo-Tokyo, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah. Like, the way that the colors and lighting really is, and mm. just, like, in an animated film from 1988 is It's, like, my favorite amazing. aesthetic, honestly. Yeah. It's, like, that cyberpunk, like, neon, like, stuff is so cool. I, mean, I really need to watch uh, the... Not the Scarlett Johansson one, but I want to watch Ghost in the Shell. Because everyone who says, mm. everyone who's like, oh, you like Akira? You need to watch Ghost in the Shell. And I'm like, okay. So we that's probably something we need to put on our checklist. Yeah, definitely. I have been interested to see it. Mm. That and, uh, what is it, Perfect Blue, I think. That's a that's an anime film. I've heard of that, see. yeah. So uh, I guess, because I can't really explain the plot, but I'll, I'll just read the summary of it, a secret military project endangers Neo Tokyo when it turns a bank biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath that only two teenagers and a group of psychics can stop. And it gets really crazy, mm-hmm. like just mind blowingly. And the, the animation just like near the end is just it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so, especially for the time, you know, it's, it's a pretty old movie at this point. Yeah, I mean, 1988. That's yeah. it's really impressive. I love 80s animation for some reason. It just has Me such too. a it's my such favorite a distinct, like anime style. Yeah, cuz the it, 80s. It's before like no judgment if like you're into it's it. It's for but, like uh, the it, kawaii kind of Yeah, like, it's before all the really <laughs> over exaggerated features like huge eyes and stuff. Like it has a very distinct style, you know, yeah. and it, I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, same. So that's that's all I can really say about it. Akira or Akira, Akira is the the right way to say it. Akira, Akira, Shakira, Shakira. And uh, it, like ever since I first saw it, it just like really made an impression on. Because I saw it like years ago. I was a teenager when I saw it. I I watched it because a youth pastor of mine at the time, he. They got a bunch of Blu-rays, and so he had a bunch of DVDs that he wanted to get rid of. Oh. And so he just gave, like, Akira I, was just a part of that collection. I thought you were about to say, like, yeah, our youth pastor like played it at youth group. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's weird. Oh. Yeah. It's like, not very Christ-like. <laughs> no. This, by the way, yeah, this film is rated R. Yeah. So don't think that because it's animated that your kids can watch it, because they should Please, God. Yeah, please don't. So, uh, yeah, Akira, that was my, that's eight, right? Yeah. Eight. That's my number eight. So, yeah. So, my number eight is Spike Jones's adaptation. Yes. Sir. What if a writer is attempting to create a story where nothing much happens, where people don't change, they don't have any epiphanies, they struggle and are frustrated and nothing is resolved? More a reflection of the real world. The real world? Yes, sir. The real f***ing world. First of all, you write a screenplay without conflict or crisis, you'll bore your audience to tears. Secondly, nothing happens in the world? Are you out of your f***ing mind? 
People are murdered every day. There's genocide, war, corruption. Every day, somewhere in the world, somebody sacrifices his life to save somebody else. Every day, someone somewhere takes a conscious decision to destroy someone else. People find love. People lose it. For Christ's sake, a child watches a mother beaten to death on the steps of a church. Someone goes hungry. Somebody else betrays his best friend for a woman. If you can't find that stuff in life, then you, my friend, don't know crap about life. And why the f are you wasting my two precious hours with your movie? I don't have any use for it. I don't have any bloody use for it. Okay, thanks. Written by yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Not not surprised. Yeah. This movie I was obsessed with the second I watched it. Um, it really, really blew me away. I, I feel like it's one of those movies where this, as soon as the credits rolled, I I just knew it was going to be one of my favorite movies. Like <laughs> I, I wanted to think about it. I wanted to rewatch it. It's not the most... You, you can watch this movie and it might just seem like a pretty simple standard movie, you know, but if you're dumb, it's the <laughs> it's the way the script is done, because Charlie Kaufman is brilliant and he's my favorite screenwriter. If you don't know Charlie Kaufman, he's known for writing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh -huh. being John Malkovich and uh, Snack to Key, New York. And most recently, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah, and he also directed and wrote, like, he directed and wrote that, Synecdoche and uh, Anomalisa. Oh, yes, um, but which I he, still have not seen. But he's mostly done scripts, because he wrote this one, but it was directed by Spike Jones, who is an amazing director. But yeah, this movie, it stars Nicolas Cage, and <laughs> I don't care what people say. I, I know Nicolas Cage is known for being stupid and over the top and national treasure, but when, when he really goes in on a role, he is legitimately probably one of my favorite actors he like he yeah. is so even when he is goofy and over the top i've kind of gotten to this point with nicholas cage where i just love him like yeah. no matter what like, he is literally hit or miss honestly like when he yeah. hits he hits hard because he does a lot of movies when just he misses he misses hard <laughs> yeah because you know like left behind and stuff like what he's sometimes what are you talking he, about that movie was a <laughs> yeah. masterpiece because like, he needs his paycheck sometimes he just does not whatever. as good as kirk cameron though yeah but when <laughs> he when he goes in on a role he's so good in this movie he plays twins he plays himself and his twin brother mm -hmm. and he's playing charlie kaufman in he's, this movie yeah so i'll try to explain the plot of this movie real quick. Good luck. So the story behind this film, there's a book called the orchid thief and Charlie Kaufman in real life was told to adapt a screenplay to turn it into a movie. This movie is just about him. He just ended up writing a screenplay about him trying to adapt this book. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> but the movie itself is still an actual adaptation, haha, -ha, about the book intertwined with him just trying yeah. to turn it into a movie. And it's super weird. It is the most meta it's, film. And it's, you can watch it. And if you don't really know the screenwriter and the story of that, it's probably just going to seem like a movie about a screenwriter who gets into weird shenanigans. Yeah. But knowing that and watching the movie and having a moment where he's like, and then this happens, and as he's saying it, it's happening in the movie, and you're like, oh, this is what's happening right now, and this is him writing this scene, and I'm watching it, and it kind of blows your mind a little. Yeah. 
but it's so subtle. Like I feel like it, it would be pretty you could easy. miss it if you're not. Paying yeah, attention. a lot of people probably wouldn't pick up on what makes this movie interesting. Yeah, uh, but it kind of blew me away when I watched it, and I think it's probably my favorite screenplay like of all time, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because of how complex, complexly simple it is. Because it's yeah, it's it's I've never seen a movie like it, and it's really unique, and um, it also has. He's just so good in it. It's like his best performance. He plays two characters that are twins, and his subtle differences between them is so good. Like you know which one is which when mm-hmm. you see them, and he does a great job. It's not the most flashy movie in terms of the way it's filmed or you know its right, cinematography. Yeah. You know, it's not like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where like everything is like yeah fancy lighting (laughs) yeah it's not like the most mind-blowing visually but it's all about the substance and the way the story is yeah the script everything and it's very meta and critical of like movie screenplays in general um yeah and it's it's just brilliant and it's i can't go into more depth without spoiling it so i won't but if you're interested in something like that, check it out because it's really interesting. Yeah. And pay attention to all the dialogue and like what's happening uh, because it's just, it's so smart without being pretentious and over the top. I think there are those who could argue that who like for them personally, it could be pretentious. Yeah. But I guess I mean, that just I think if you that watch just depends it, on how intelligent you yeah, are. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you could watch it and think it's pretentious. I think the pretentiousness would come from listening to people like me explain it. Yeah, because if you w- just watch the movie, it does come across as a pretty just standard movie about like a guy who's writing a movie yeah. and then he gets involved with these other characters. Yeah, on a surface level, you know, but. When it comes to analyzing it, I think that's when it might get a little weird for people. But I don't think it's that complicated to understand. No. As long as you just keep in mind that the main character of the movie is the person who wrote the movie being yeah, played that by you're Nicholas watching. King. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just watching the movie. You're watching a movie about a guy writing the movie that you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah. It's, it's really not that complicated. It's not an art house film, you know. But... No. I love it. It mm-hmm. blew it blew my mind, and I've rewatched it like five times. So. Yeah, I um, I really need to go back to it, especially now because yeah. uh, I wish I'd love to have a conversation about this movie. But like thinking about, I'm thinking of ending things. Oh yeah, like right when I saw one. that, I gave it like a four. And, well, I gave it a nine. Yeah, but I've been thinking of like pushing it up to ten, and it makes me really want to rewatch adaptation because I think that would also be up there. Cause yeah, uh, I love, I'm thinking of ending things and adaptation is definitely up there with my, as my favorite, like Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah. Adaptation. Uh, yeah. He, I think every movie I've seen from him, I've given like a perfect score. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy. He, I just love, and I, I think I also have, I'm thinking of anything things at nine right now, but I've, I've still been thinking about that movie a lot too. Been thinking about, I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But that could be a whole podcast episode. But, but yeah, he's just brilliant. I love him. And 
Yeah, in that he movie. He needs to make more movies. And it, it's also fun. It's a fun movie to watch because Nicolas Cage is really entertaining. But he's yeah, not he doesn't like ham it wacky. up or anything. Yeah, he's not like screaming and running. Like it's just a good performance. Yeah. And he plays twins, and it's cool to see. It's, it's very much like uh like I've I kind of view Nicolas Cage and Adam Sandler like the same way. Kinda, yeah. Like if you put them in the right role, then they can do great. They're, it's funny because they're known for a lot of bad movies. But, yeah, exactly. But they're also in some of like the best movies ever. <laughs> yeah. It's mm-hmm. And this is super random, but I was looking at Nicolas Cage's uh, filmography, and he's been in like a David Lynch and Martin Scorsese. He played the lead in a Martin Scorsese and David Lynch movie in their movies. Like Nicolas Cage? Yeah. And oh. I've, I've never seen them, and I heard they're really good, and I want to watch them. Ah. They're old. They're pretty old ones. Okay. Um. But they seem really cool. Uh, but I, I I learned that this year. I was like, I didn't know Nicolas Cage was the lead in a Scorsese movie. What the heck? That is that was interesting. So I I'm, I want to watch that. But yeah, I gotta yeah. look that up. Nicolas Cage is awesome if you watch the right movies. So yeah, watch the National right movies. Treasure. I mean, I mean that's actually good. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it I enjoy good. it. It's fun. It's like yeah. it's like Indiana Jones, but like American history. Yeah, and such. Not, with less whip cracking. Yeah. <laughs> He's good in Lord of War and Color Out of Space and stuff, too. I haven't seen and either of Mandy. those. Um, but I haven't seen Mandy either, but... It's pretty good. Yeah. I like Nicolas Cage in it, but I don't, like, love the movie. Right. It's a little weird. My leg hurts. I wonder if it's cancer. There's a bump. I'm starting to sweat. Stop sweating. I've got to stop sweating. Can she see it dripping down my forehead? Oh, she looked at my hairline. She thinks I'm bald. She's you think you're great. Oh, wow. Thanks. That's that's nice to hear. We all just loved the Malkovich script. Thanks. Such Thanks. a unique voice. Boy, I'd love to find a, a portal into your brain. <laughs> Trust me, it's no fun. <laughs> Anyways, won't get too far off topic. So your number seven, I believe. Uh-huh. My number... Wait, right? Let's see. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Yep, seven. My number seven uh, is... It is definitely one of those films that I, that I saw years ago and has been a favorite and has kind of stood the test of time. It, I used to have it higher. I'd have to like rewatch it because I yeah. think that there are some technical aspects of it that aren't amazing. Mm-hmm. But I personally am just a sucker for like the hero's journey in yeah. a film. And so my number seven happens to be... A film that I have the poster of in this very room, Gladiator. Oh, nice, yeah. Clean and hungry. Still nothing. Not a sign. How long has he been gone? Nearly two hours. Will they fight, sir? We shall know soon enough. Soldier, I ordered you to move those catapults forward. They're out of range. Range is good. The danger to the cavalry is acceptable. Agree. They say no. People should know when they're conquered.
strength and honor. Strength and honor. Strength and honor. At my signal, unleash hell. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's gladiator. It's really that. Honestly, spoiler for my list. It's not in my list. But it used to be like my second favorite movie of all time. Yeah. I still love it though. I adore that movie. I have such a sentiment for it because yeah. I watched it so much growing up. And I cry like a baby <laughs> every time I watch it. The end. Like, yeah. Uh, no, we're mentioning the even end though, again. Even though this film has been around for 20 years. Yeah. But I, I cry every single time I've watched that movie. I cry. Yeah. It's, it's so great. It's a classic and it's a classic for a reason. You know, it's, it's your straightforward, you know, guy who's been done wrong. It, it you know, it's set in like ancient Rome mm-hmm. and Russell Crowe is in it. Who Russell Crowe used to be my favorite actor yeah. of all time. Um, I mean, I I love him in this film, but he he plays a Roman general who he gets wronged because he, uh, which is actually this is Joaquin Phoenix's first big role. Yeah, it was the first movie I ever saw him in, and I years later I was I didn't even realize because when I started to really like Joaquin Phoenix, I mm-hmm. was like, wait, he was in gladiator I didn't yeah realize that yeah he's the bad guy in gladiator and it's honestly i don't know how he didn't get like he didn't like become a star after this movie. i know he was he's it, like, so good and it took a long time for like people to finally be like i mean he only just got his first oscar yeah so i i don't know what's wrong with people but <laughs> yeah but he does great in this and russell crowe is great in it he you know, Joaquin Phoenix plays the son of the emperor. The emperor's like, you're not going to be the emperor after I die. And so Joaquin Phoenix kills him <laughs> and doesn't tell anyone. And then he, uh, Russell Crowe is like, something's, something's fishy. But when he starts challenging uh, Joaquin Phoenix, he, he gets arrested and uh, his mother, his not his mother, his wife and son end up getting killed, mm-hmm. and so That's, thus begins thus begins the, the story tale. this this vengeance story, and it's just such a great hero's tale of you know, you know he starts as a general and then he gets cut down as a he becomes a slave yeah that ends up fighting in the arena as a gladiator yeah name of the movie and that fight scene is like one of the from there. best things ever which like fight big, scene the big gladiator uh, oh with the chariots and such yeah in the arena with all the chariot yeah that scene is so cool i <laughs> when i was uh, at my job when i got hired there and they were doing training they used that clip to demonstrate teamwork <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect and though. my boss was like i just like that movie like, i just oh, wanted to show it form a wall. yeah it's so cool and the the sets and production of that movie like mm. ridley scott even when his movies aren't that good he is still does impeccable production puts, yeah he puts a lot of work and that movie is no exception does. i feel like gladiator was his last like classic you know like his last really good movie yeah that, i mean honestly that, i can't think of anything since then that has been like groundbreaking i mean yeah. there was a time where i really loved robin hood but it's kind of it's yeah. kind of lost its quality right. for me personally. 
and I don't know. There, oh, Black Hawk Down. That was, I believe, was after Gladiator, and that's a great film. I don't know if I've seen it. Really? I don't know if I have, actually. I may have, like, once in high school. The one or where Orlando Bloom is in it, and he get, becomes knocked unconscious in the first ten minutes. May, no, and I, is not. <laughs> it's a very young Orlando Bloom. I may have I think seen it. I think I've seen it once, like, forever ago. It's really good. I don't really remember it. Uh, Ewan McGregor and a bunch of other really no. good actors. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Yeah, I own it. Watch it sometime. Yeah. But, yeah, so Gladiator is just, it's a classic for a reason, and it's, it's, I, I miss, it makes me miss the days of, like, where they made epic, like, because I'm a huge nerd when it comes to, like, swords and, like, epic tales, and it makes me miss the days of, like, when people actually put an effort into these kinds of films. Yeah. Cause what makes movies like that for me is when you can tell it's all about the, like the actual sets and production value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what makes movies like that for me. That, you but know, also really like, good locations and stuff. And there, there have been some films that have been released recently that did a really good job in that area, mm-hmm. but kind of lacked like the story. Yeah. And, like grabbing characters and such like, there's the king and outlaw king, and I felt like they they kind of they kind of failed in those yeah, areas. Yeah, you almost have to make sure both are good, and I feel like that's why movies like that are so hard to have like be good. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of movies and settings like that that are really good. I feel. Yeah, because. I think a lot of directors think that, oh, people just want to see swords and people yeah. fighting. Like, no, that's have, a lot more than that. If you don't have you the know? budget to make the world look believable, like, uh, yeah. that really takes you out of it. Yeah, but also if you don't have a script that's, like, grabbing, yeah. then it's just going to be just a cool, like, I don't know, man candy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that the right term? Uh, that's man probably not candy. The right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, something I'm, I'm else, a man I and I want to watch something masculine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. But anyways, yeah, Gladiator cool. is my number seven Ridley Scott film. Yeah. There nice. You go. How dare you show your back to me? Slave! You will remove your helmet and tell me your name. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions. Loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius. Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Time for my number seven. Oh, boy! So my number seven, um, it's actually convenient because of how we were talking about adaptation of Nicolas Cage and you mentioned Adam Sandler. Is it National Treasure? No. <laughs> no, we mentioned Adam Sandler being a really good actor. Oh, okay. So my number seven is Punch Drunk Love. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you something because you're a doctor, right? Yeah. I don't like myself sometimes. Can you help me? Mary, I'm a dentist. This is Barry Egan. So what do you do, Barry? I have my own business. Uh, We have a non-breakable handle. Let me demonstrate for you. You're married, aren't you? No. Barry, what's your sister? 
There's this friend of mine from work, and I want you to meet her. This is Lena. Hi. Hi. Do you have a girlfriend? No. It must be weird for you to have so many sisters. Uh, Actually, no, it's very nice. All Remember right. we used to call you gay boy? You'd get all mad? What's that? We were calling you gay boy, and you got so mad. I saw your picture, and I really wanted to meet you. Ha, ha, ha. you lying? No. I didn't want to get too far along on going out and be hiding something. This is Barry. Hey, it's Georgia. How did you get this number? I was wondering if maybe you could help me out with some money. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You've just made a war for yourself that you can't afford. I'm going to Hawaii on Friday. Hawaii? I was thinking about going there. Really? I'm going to start a collection of puddings and coupons that can be redeemed for freaking flyer miles. That's insane. This is Barry. You canceled your credit card. That's a bunch of bull! Get your supervisor on the phone! Yeah. What's your name, sir? You're sick. No, no, no. Shut up! Shut up! Shut, 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 shut up! Are you threatening me? Yes. That wasn't good! You're dead! So, I was deciding between a few Paul Thomas Anderson movies. This is directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, one of my favorite But you directors. already had one in your honorable mentions. Yeah, it was. I was trying to choose between this Phantom Thread and There Will Be Blood. Mm. Uh, and I ended up going with this one solely because it's the one I rewatched the most of all of his movies. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I, at one point I was like, I think Phantom Thread is my favorite and I almost put that here, but I decided to go with Punch Drunk Love because I, it's just, it's more rewatchable to me. I've watched it a lot. I've probably mm -hmm. seen it like six times. It's Adam Sandler's. I honestly, between this and Uncut Gems, I don't know which performance I like more from him. They're both great. They're both amazing, but they're both so different, too. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it, is he plays, like, opposite characters. Like, one is shy and quiet and awkward, and the other one is loud and obnoxious and rude. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. His range is kind of impressive. It's almost like the two different Adam, like, sides of Adam Sandler that you could see in other films, they're just worse yeah, films. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I love it. Uh, everything about it, the story is really sweet and has a lot of like relatable, horribly relatable moments for me. <laughs> Especially just when this isn't a spoiler, but there's one moment I remember just being like, "Yeah, I feel that when he's with all of his sisters." This isn't mm. like particular to my sisters, obviously, because this isn't a thing. This, but when I'm in a crowd in general, are you listening, Mitchell's sisters? <laughs> <laughs> but um, for him in the movie, it's his sisters, and he has a lot of sisters, and they're all like hounding on him and like asking him questions and bugging him, and they won't leave him alone, and he just breaks the glass door because they're all like calling him names and like bugging him and they won't leave him alone. And I just kind of like weirdly relate to that when I'm in crowds of people and I'm yeah. just getting, I get weirdly anxious. I just want to like get away and break <laughs> something. So it's really weird. And his character is kind of quirky at times, but it's not done in a really funny way. It's kind of sad and depressing, but what, some... what is the film about? The film is about a guy who finds a piano on the side of the road and he becomes really attached to it. And then he 
gets set up with this girl and he starts dating her and then he <laughs> learns how to play the piano. <laughs> well, there's also, he gets tied in with like this scam company yeah, or so whatever. He, he's like super lonely. So he like calls like a place and they, uh, scam a sex hotline. Him. Whatever. Yeah. So they get his credit card info and they scam him. And then he is like being stalked by them while also dealing with the anxiety of dealing with his family. And then also the anxiety of dealing with trying to date this girl and his job. Mm-hmm. And it's just this character who is trying his best <laughs> and everything is just stressful and exhausting. And it's, it's relatable sometimes, <laughs> but it's this, it's mainly this sto- love story. Yeah. It's in the title, obviously, Punch Drunk Love. And uh, there's a lot of analysis that can go into this movie, a lot of things like what the little piano he finds represents and stuff and how that's symbolic and um, all this stuff. But there's a lot to dig into the movie. But it's pretty much just a love story Mm -hmm. when you really get down to the basics of it. And it's a really, really well-told one, very realistic I love the dialogue, I love the chemistry, the character interactions in this movie is all believable, but it's not like horribly realistic. Some of it feels a little exaggerated, but purposefully, you yeah. know, and Adam Sandler does a fantastic job. I love the style of the movie. There's a lot of lens flare and really brilliant use of color uh, mm-hmm. that goes into like, you know, the character's clothing is wearing like he's wearing a certain color and that represents this and there's just a lot of things you can pick up on yeah and but you can still enjoy the movie without doing that it's not like adaptation where the main point of the movie is kind of realizing how meta it is this movie i think it's really easy to enjoy just watching it Mm -hmm. um and also the music in this movie is insanely unique it's very it's like noise almost (laughs) it's very bizarre, very but calming. It's very yeah. peaceful, but it's kind of anxiety-inducing and stuff. The way it builds up, and when he's just trying to deal with everything that's going on, and yeah, um, I just really love it. it. It's not like a plot that I can really talk about too yeah. much because it's just a love story, you know. It's like, like things happen, yeah, but but it's great. the The enjoyment from it comes from the presentation and the weirdness of it because it is kind of weird like some mm-hmm. people would probably watch this and be like what is this movie yeah i love the way it starts to and and it, there's so many layers to it that there is a lot to dig into with this movie but if you don't want to do that i think it's still easy to enjoy too because there are some movies where if you don't like i'm thinking of ending things is like a movie where if you don't dig into every little detail of that movie you're probably just not gonna like it you know yeah um but this movie you can do that but if you don't you could still enjoy it for what it is and i think it that's impressive to do something like that yeah to have a movie that's got like kind of art housey elements but Mm -hmm not totally rely on that and to still be pretty accessible for people to just kind of enjoy. Yeah. Um, but it's just a really great story. Um, very well directed in every regard, brilliantly acted. I don't, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. It's, uh, I love that film too. I actually just got my own copy of the criterion edition yeah. on Blu-ray and Which I'm very I need. happy. 
Yeah, I guess I'm a better fan. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't even say it's it's it isn't my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson film. Yeah, but it's definitely up. Well, there's hardly been any Paul Thomas Anderson film that I don't like that I've yeah. seen yet. But it is great, and I've only seen it once once so yeah. far, and that's just quite a a testament to like how good it is. Because mm-hmm. like whenever I think about it, I just I just get happy. Because, yeah, because I know that it's good, and that's why I did end yep. up buying it. Sometimes it's nice when a movie is so good that you don't really need to rewatch it because you just remember so much of it already. Yeah, because it just sticks with you that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, seen, I've probably seen it like five or six times. I think. Yeah, I've I'm overdue a for a rewatch. I would watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cool. So that was your number. Was number seven or was yeah that was yeah. your number seven? I have so much strength in me you have no idea. I have a love in my life. It makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. He needs me. 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 Okay, so my. Number six. This is uh, this next one is just kind of quite a testament to how good it is because it's a very very recent film, but Ooh. it had such an effect on me that it it just it had to make it on the top ten. And I saw it again recently for like the third time since being released last year mm. third or fourth time i don't know oh i know what it is it is the lighthouse yep. called it <laughs> nice tell me what's a timberman want with being a wiki just looking to earn a living it's like any man starting new on the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans? Why just spill your beans? already had a episode about so you can hear some of our thoughts on it on our joker and the lighthouse pot it was uh, one of if not my favorite movie that year yeah it It was was my favorite it was like tied with uncut gems i think yeah yeah which is yeah uncut gems was my it was an honorable mention but the lighthouse like wow (laughs) it is i haven't watched it in quite a while but i still i think i've seen i've seen it twice it gets better with like Every rewatch. Yeah. I mean, like, nothing's going to top, like, the first time that I ever watched it. Right, yeah. Because just, like, watching that whole thing and just being like, what the crap? (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) It is so... 
it's crazy. It's a crazy film. And mm-hmm. the premises the premise of it is two guys get stuck on an island mm-hmm. and they look after a lighthouse. Yeah. That's the how, whole thing. How exciting. And you, and you just you watch how these two individuals played by played phenomenally by Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. It's like probably my favorite duo like I've seen in a movie in yeah. so long. Like Honestly, they just were so perfect together. And it it seems like a weird pair, but they're some of my favorite yeah, the actors. Twilight guy and, and Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just they were so good and just yeah, the way they worked together and seeing all the behind the scenes and how they they actually built yeah. a lot of stuff on that they island built the whole, for the set. The whole building was uh, built from scratch. They tried to film in actual storms. Like, yep. some of the storms were just real. Like, they were actually standing out there in yep. an actual storm. And they built Very authentically the light, made. The actual light in the lighthouse was built from scratch. Yeah. And also, some something else that I didn't know until watching the behind-the-scenes recently is that Robert Pattinson did most of his stunts in there. Oh, like really? Like, the scene where he's, like, hanging uh, while, like, washing the side of the wall. Yeah. Like, that's actually him up there. Oh, I, wow. There's, like, footage of him, like, dangling from a rope. Oh, dang. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, okay. There, that's awesome. So, yeah, The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers. It's just, um, he's... it's beautifully made because uh, it's uh, filmed in the... Four by three or four whatever. by three aspect ratio, yeah. all in black and white, and I love it because it really, I, like, I watch it and I forget that it's not an old movie. Yeah, sometimes. it and <laughs> captures the feeling of a really old movie so well. There is specifically one scene where it's like a big shot of the island and there's a lightning bolt and it made me think of an old like universal monster movie for some yeah. reason like it has such this classic but, I mean, vibe to it. it it doesn't look tacky no at all. it looks um it looks well done none of it looks cheap you know yeah. like it has the benefits of modern filmmaking but it captures this like i guess spirit of older movies you know? yeah exactly and yeah, there isn't really a whole lot more to say to it because it's like you can't really dive into it without ruining it for people really. who haven't seen it. But just suffice it to say that well, I love the script. Yeah. I love the the dialogue is so brilliant. The dialogue the is great. Oh yeah, that's one great thing about I mean, that's, Robert. The Eggers. movie is the dialogue basically. Yeah, it's like the point. Uh huh. D- yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And Robert Eggers always has this great knack for like really researching his, his subject matter of his films, like the witch, you know, he, he does a great job at like finding the actual like dialogue of how people spoke yeah. in that certain time period and that area. Yeah. Like accents and dialect and certain words and stuff. And yeah. Then... It was so fun. Cause I watched it with my girlfriend recently and we had to put subtitles on and it's, uh, like for the first time I was like, Oh wow. I didn't know that they said that. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it would be better with subtitles. I haven't watched it with subtitles yet. Yeah. It's, uh, I kind of, kind of, I tend to do that with a lot of the movies I watch anyways. Cause it, I tend to, it helps me pay attention more to certain details. Yeah. But yeah, the lighthouse wonderfully directed. I've, I'm really impatient for Robert Eggers next film to 
Get Out. He's making a film about Vikings. It's a Viking so, revenge story. Yeah. And I'm, then he's doing a Nosferatu remake, which is actually really cool. I've never, I don't know. What it, I, I've never, I tried watching the old, it's super old. Nosferatu is like an insanely old movie, but it's yeah. really boring. <laughs> I know, so I know a lot of people like it and respect it, but it's boring. And I'm glad, that's like one of the movies <laughs> I'm glad is being remade, you know, and that it's Robert Eggers. By Robert Eggers, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, wonderfully directed, wonderfully performed like it's honestly the biggest oscar snub of the year oh like, absolutely like at, those are some of the best like performances everyone was ever. everyone was complaining about adam sandler like yeah he should have been at least nominated but freaking willem defoe willem defoe deserved like everything he's it's the best That's, performance i've it, ever seen it's his him. best performance and probably one of the best performances i've ever seen i just love it he it's so entertaining and yeah. but you take it seriously too you know yeah he really like honestly my girlfriend didn't even realize that it was like the green goblin oh, from yeah. spider-man <laughs> until we watched behind the scenes she's like Wait a minute. <laughs> That's the Green Goblin. Like he's like, awesome. He's totally immersed in his character and he looks Oh yeah. I mean, he has like a beard and everything, but he's so different. Yeah. And and yeah, and Robert Pattinson is great. That was the first No, no, Good Time was and the it's first like, movie that I saw with him like outside of Twilight. Yeah. But Robert Pattinson is great too. It takes a lot of time a long time for him to get out of his shell. Yeah. But that's kind of his character's progression. Yeah, it's like the point of his character for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it's awesome movie. I love everything about it. It is. Same here. So that was my number six. How long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. My number six is quite the tonal shift. All right. And you're probably going to make fun of me, and I don't care. So I'm <laughs> well, proud. I'm curious. My number six is Spider-Man 2. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Gives us strength, makes us noble. Even though sometimes we have to give up the thing we want the most. Parker! Where you been? Looking for you all morning. You're late. Always late. You're fired. Look at your paper. Your grades have been declining. You always appear exhausted. I know. I'm trying. Where you been, pal? You don't return my calls. I've been kind of busy. Taking pictures of your friend. Spider-Man killed my father. No matter what I do. Do you love me or not? No matter how hard I try. I want Spider-Man dead. It's the ones I love who will always be the ones who pay. I can't keep thinking about you. I'm getting married. I want a life of my own. I'm Spider-Man. No more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You nerd. I I love... That's actually... You could have used the segue of Willem Dafoe. Yeah, but he's not in Spider-Man 2. That's true. He's in Spider-Man 1. His son is. I was going to. Willem Dafoe's son, James Franco. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Is in it. But yeah, Spider-Man 2. um, Not that I think it's like this super artsy, fartsy, underappreciated. Like, I do think it's an incredibly well-made film. And I think Sam Raimi is incredible in the practical effects that went into this film and the filmmaking aspects of this movie and the choreography and the 
practical stunts and action scenes are all incredible. But I'm not going to pretend that this is like some, you know, art house. What's the word I'm looking for? You know, like Godfather type movie that everyone needs to love. It's a it's totally a bias. It's totally a bias. (laughs) And it's the best comic book movie ever made. This is kind of like your gladiator sort of kind of. Yeah, this is like. Because I grew up with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I even really like the third one, even though it's bad. But I still like it. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, but the first one I watched, like, every day, you know, growing up. I loved that movie. And rewatching it now, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I watched it when I was so young because they get kind of, like, violent. (laughs) But, But the second one is a lot better than the first in my opinion in a lot of ways the way it's made filmed like acted. i would agree it's such a big step up in terms of filmmaking quality and i am legit impressed by the way it's made i still think it holds up and it looks fantastic still i love toby mcguire's spider-man i know a lot of people are kind of like, oh, he's too old. Tom Holland's way better Peter Parker. But I just, that's the one I grew Everyone's up with. Everyone's too old in yeah, that movie. That's like, what I, yeah, they all look 30. Mary but, Jane. But to be fair, in two, they're out of high school at that point. So it makes more yeah. sense then. But I I like older Spider-Man. I love Tobey Maguire. I like how he portrayed him. Uh, and it's the Spider-Man I grew up with, so I'm nostalgic for it. So that's like my Spider-Man, even though I know he's probably didn't represent the comic book. Like, I don't care about comic book accuracy. I mean, he shoots webs out of his actual wrists. That was like a Sam Raimi thing. Like that wasn't in the comics. Mm. Um, So I love the originality Sam Raimi brought to Spider-Man, you know, and it's just really fun. I think Doc Ock is such a, awesome character too and yeah um the behind the scenes for this movie is so cool like the way they did his arms and how so much of it is practical it's a really fun movie to see how they made it because it's actually really impressive how much of it is very practical especially the scene where the car crashes through the cafe Every time I see it, it just blows my mind how real it looks. It looks way more real than like any scene like that in modern Marvel movies because it's not CGI. It's like real. Really? <laughs> like they they actually I mean they didn't actually throw a car at them, but they <laughs> they did that and then you But the car is real, like actually smashing. I'm pretty the sure. And then there's a separate scene where you can see they have Toby and Crins uh Kirsten Dunst. Wow, I can't say her name. Kirsten uh, They have them on like this spinny thing and they're like filming them. So like the slow-mo is just like how they're it's it's really creative. I can't describe it without sounding stupid, but yeah. Um there's, <laughs> you do. there's a lot of creative filmmaking in this movie, and uh Sam Raimi's directorial style really came through, and there was a lot of like weird horror elements in it, like where all the doctors are being like murdered. The, yeah, the, like the evil dead. Yeah, kinda. it's like violent. There's a lot of like screaming girls being zoomed in on, you know, <laughs> like like old horror movies. It's it's so weird, and I love everything about it. And it's it's one of those movies I have probably legitimately watched more than like 30 times <laughs> like because well, because i grew it up, as a kid yeah because yeah. i saw it in theaters i grew up watching it you know we had it on dvd uh it, it was my obsession i love i played the game you know spider-man 2 on ps2 mm-hmm. um it, that movie was just like my life <laughs> and 
I'm so nostalgic for it. But there's a lot of things I'm nostalgic for and I'll go back to. And I'm like, oh, it's not really that good. Yeah. You know? But with this movie, I I still am impressed by it just as a film. Too. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. And it's corny and dumb and it embraces it. And it's it's like the most fun I have watching a movie, I feel. And yeah. It holds a very huge place in my heart. Forever and ever. Of course. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And I got to say, like, you actually introduced these movies to me. Yeah, I made you watch them for the first time. Yeah, (laughs) because you guys know me. I lived a sheltered life. and uh, But, like, watching it, like, you know, I thought the first one was, you know, just kind of tacky. It's super cheesy, but I love it. I still love the first one. But, like, both that and the second, I actually still haven't watched the third one, even though you gave me the DVD for it. It's really stupid, but (laughs) I like it. I still like it a lot because it's stupid. Actually, no, I lied. I've seen... I've seen big chunks of it. Yeah. When it was like first out, I saw big chunks of it. Like I saw the fight between Spider-Man and Sandman. It's definitely the worst, but yeah. I still like it. I still think it's better than the modern Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man. I think which I will say. I think it's better than the Tom Holland Spider-Man I, movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hot take probably, but Tom I Tom Holland is a good I don't Spider-Man, love but his or, movies aren't great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. But like watching it, like you know, I did. I did see the Amazing Spider-Man movies when they came out, and I used to like them. I have. Since I used to like been the first saved. one. Yeah, the first one is like I not never liked the bad. second one, but I I kind of liked the first one when yeah. it came out. But watching these, like the Sam Raimi ones, I watched it and I understood what they were. Mm-hmm. And what the movie was trying to do, and I feel like that the movie did a great job at doing it. Yeah. I don't love the films myself, yeah, but they're a lot of fun. And yeah, these are those movies where even though I love them and I'm obsessed with them, if someone didn't grow up with them and I tried like when I made you watch them, I didn't expect you to really even like them that much. I just wanted to. I wasn't see. too I was, crazy about the yeah, first one. To I was be just honest. curious what you. But would the think. second one was better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's all I can really say about it. It's you don't love Willem Dafoe like making weird goblin sounds and crouching. And I mean, of course I love people. it, but maybe he's not for so, the same reasons that was intended. He's so corny in that movie, and it's. <laughs> Awesome. Everyone's corny. He is great. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I I adore those movies and yeah, Spider-Man 2. It just I had it way higher, but I couldn't ignore the fact that I watch it so much. Like it's it's a movie kind of worn on you sort of. Yeah, no, it hasn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I like that's I, what I you're still saying. watch it so much. I I watched it like a week ago actually just cuz I was Board. Of course he did. So I just threw it on. It's just one of it's one of my comfort movies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of I watch the Spider Man movies like every year around my birthday. Yeah, that's like a thing for me. Just just for me. I can usually. see how like the Spider Man movies for you is kind of like what the Chronicles of Narnia films are for me. Kind of yeah. And even though I like those, even movies, though I would not put as those attached. in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. like those were like the first kind of. Those were like the first real movies that I... I mean, it was the first movie I ended up seeing in the theaters. Right. So I I love them, and 
like I love them to death, but I would never. But you wouldn't like expect I, others to like them. Yeah, and I and I am aware that they are not like masterpieces, but they're right. still pretty great for what they are. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, but those aren't in my list. So yeah, sad. Is that all you wanted to say about Spider Man? Yeah. Okay. I put the pants in the box, Mrs. Parker. Thank you, Henry. Hi, Peter. Hey, Henry. You're getting tall. Henry, why don't you put those cookbooks in with the mixer? Okay. You take Spider-Man's pictures, right? I used to. Where is he? Henry and I agree. We don't see his picture in the paper anymore. He... uh... quit. Why? Wanted to try other things. He'll be back, right? I don't know. You'll never guess who he wants to be. <laughs> Spider-Man. Why? Well, he knows a hero when he sees one. Too few characters out there flying around like that, saving old girls like me. Lord knows kids like Henry need a hero. Courageous, self-sacrificing people, setting examples for all of us. Everybody loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer them, scream their names, and years later they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who taught him to hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride even though sometimes we have to be steady and, and give up the thing we want the most. Even our dreams. Spider-Man did that for Henry, and he wonders where he's gone. He needs him. Do you think you could lift that desk and put it into the garage for me? But don't strain yourself. Okay. And then real quick, should we, um, are we going to do a two-parter for this? I really thought that we could get this into one episode, but uh, yeah. we're like pushing on an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Unless what we is... really go quick and make it two hours. No, I don't, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. We've, we've done five so far. Mm-hmm. So we can do the other five. Yeah. In the next one. That's what I'm thinking. I just thought that since we weren't doing spoiler conversations that it would make it shorter. Yeah. But I guess not. Nope. I mean... Darn we, you, Mitchell. We can try and cut it down <laughs> from here on out if you want to try and finish this off in half an hour. I don't... Uh, or nah. I don't know, because we talked about five movies so far in an hour and a half. Can we talk about five more movies in a half hour? Uh, probably not. There was a lot of intro to. It's like it's like ten fifteen minutes of intro though. Yeah, true. Oh no, yeah, maybe we should split it. Okay. Unless we want like a two and a half hour episode. I don't think so. No. I've watched. <laughs> I've looked at the data. <laughs> yeah. And people tend to kind of like lose interest after a long time. So. Gotcha. Trying to keep these to at least 
Yeah, we'll we'll hours. we'll do the rest of the five then on part two. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, yeah, don't we <laughs> plan these so well? Yeah, we do. <laughs> I was like thinking, I was like, wait a second, it's supposed to be. Yeah, I really wanted to try it again an hour and a half, but of course not. Leave it to us to just ramble on about stuff we like. We're sorry. Yeah. Okay. So. We're disgusting. We know you hate us, but you don't. All right. So, yeah. Tune in next time for the next episode of uh, our our actual top five favorite films of all time, excluding The Lord of the Rings. Mitchell, I believe you have the recommendation yes. for this episode. What am I going to recommend today? What is it? I'm going to go ahead and recommend and. This probably isn't the most clever recommendation because a lot of people have already listened to it, but it's one of my favorite albums this year right now. It came out pretty recently. Uh, Fleet Fox's new album, Shore, Mm. I've been absolutely in love with and listening to constantly. If you know about Fleet Foxes but haven't listened to them much, I think it's a pretty good introductory album if you want to start with it too. It's great. It's a little more straightforward and like upbeat than their other albums, but I still love it. I think it's just as good as some of their best stuff. And it's great. Uh, just good indie folk, like chill, upbeat, it is very chill. like sort of pop-ish at times yeah. for them at least. But yeah, just a really solid like indie folk rock album. And it's great. I've been enjoying it. Yeah, and you're not even like the biggest Fleet Foxes fan, and you're pretty enjoying it, which is... This is the first album that I've really been paying attention to, honestly. Yeah. I need to check you need, out You need to stuff. dive into their other albums, because there's... They're so good. They're yeah. still one of my favorite bands, but... Yeah. I know the song that goes, I was following yeah. the eye. It's like their one... The it's like their huge hit. <laughs> yeah, that's the one everyone knows. It's apparently a Christmas song for a lot of people. Wait, seriously? Yeah. I see it on a lot of Christmas. Christmas. I see it on Christmas playlists, like, all the time. Do they talk about winter or Christmas? No, it's... They don't mention Christmas in it. It's that's just, weird. It's just because it's a... Win- they say winter and scarves, and it's like, oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> oh, so they do talk about winter. Yeah. That's white, what I it's said. It's literally called talk- White Winter Hymnal. Oh, yeah. Well, see, I couldn't remember what it was called. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, but yeah, yeah, check it out. It's a very, it's the perfect autumn album. So, if you want some good, peaceful, upbeat autumn tunes, Shore, S H O R E by Fleet Foxes. <laughs> sure. Yeah, check S-U-R-E. it out. It's probably my favorite album so far this year. I really like the, the one that sounds like the Spyro music. Oh, yeah. That's I was happy one. I was able to add another song to that playlist. By the way, <laughs> anyone if i don't know i don't know how, would con- how you'll contact us but if you know me or want to comment on the episode i guess um i'm making a playlist and i have like 40 some songs on it and it's all music that sounds like that reminds me of the spyro the dragon ost mm-hmm. so if you've ever heard a song that makes you think of the soundtrack from spyro send it to me you spyro fans you know what we're because i need about. more songs i have like 40 on it and I don't know. It's like this weird specific genre of songs that always remind me of Spyro music. And I'm yeah. trying to collect them all. <laughs> anyway, yeah. It's so super off topic. I've listened. To, what's it called? 
because they can go check it out for themselves. I think it's literally called Spyro the Dragon Vibes on Spyro the Dragon Vibes on Spoofy. Let me confirm that. Yeah, Spyro the Dragon Vibes, and it's by me, Mitchell Owens, and the picture is Spyro with sunglasses. So go find the playlist. Uh, and then follow Mitchell's account, and you'll get <laughs> and, to see what he listens to yeah. and judge him. You can see <laughs> how awesome of taste I have. Good English. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud you of you, Mitchell. You can see what great taste I have there. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know, I'm Clifford Close. No, you're not. So you can find me on there if you can. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Goodbye. Bye. End it there. Yep, sure. Perfect. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Podwood Forecast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe. And if you'd like for us to give you a shout out on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And also feel free to look in the show notes for links to our social media, our Twitter and Facebook. And as always, stay beautiful. And thanks for listening.